from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine. And everything in between. This is Legends Look Back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legends Look Back. Proudly part of the Utini Podcast Network. This is a Star Wars books podcast for people whose idea of a wild weekend is rearranging your bookshelves nice and meticulously, where we mm. celebrate our rich EU history as well as dive into lesser-known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Sherrod Mays, and I'm joined tonight by the wonderful, the duo. See if you can do two at once here, Rick. Freddie C. and Rick Grace, how are you guys tonight? <laughs> Doing great. Now, my question is, how how do you organize your bookshelf? Oh, I organize it by what fits on the shelf. <laughs> what about you rick are you uh oh, author last name title? i don't want to talk about it because since i've moved i have no organization system like <laughs> i don't have any behind him it's chaos. like behind me is i don't have many books actually on the shelf i've got some comics and uh some collectible books but most of my books are in my office at the church building and there's no order and like people who come like most of them don't know anything about Star Wars books at all. Uh, some of them know about Star Wars. That's a different conversation. But like, um, there's only a couple who actually know. And I had one guy who was like, "Are these in an order of any kind?" I'm like, "Nope, we're not talking about it." Shh, uh, back it up, I, back it up, Rick. Yeah. Do you have a copy of the book Dark Disciple in your church office? <laughs> <laughs> actually, no. That my okay. canon books are on a shelf here. All my legend stuff <laughs> is at the church. So. Well, Rick, I think it's time for you to get rid of that old order and come in with a new order. Hey, uh, see what you did there. Well, yeah. the only correct order, of course, is timeline order as a, as a, as uh, according to the timeline on a little hmm. website called utini.com. I keep them in timeline order, Freddie. I've got yeah. Legends paperbacks over here behind me. The the trouble is they they pretty much all fit on one shelf, but not yeah. quite. So yeah. I have also an extra row on top of the bookcase. Ah, I see. And then another row over the window. Then I've got all the canon hardcovers on a single shelf, which we're really close to busting out of one single bookshelf for canon hardcovers, which is exciting. Then I've got uh, my Omnibuy, hardcover Omnibuy. Take a whole shelf now, which is exciting. That's like my Uh, Teresa Bucura's whole shelf. A whole shelf (laughs) over the window? (laughs) Uh, Mantle of the fireplace. What about uh, from the window to the walls? You have them on the walls? (laughs) Bucura. <laughs> yeah, we'll stop there. <laughs> and I've got Legends hardcovers over there on a shelf, which I'm about five away from filling it up. So nice. I just am not buying books, except for I bought two today. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so yeah, we that is a that is a wild time, a good time. I I even did something very fun recently. Dusted the shelves. Ooh. Need to do that. Need to do that. Well, here's the trouble. It doesn't last very long. <laughs> that's true you a couple of uh a couple of mouse droids in your house to uh you know dust clean yeah. up in there get them to work the, man the cat <laughs> the cat she takes out those mouse droids just uh, that makes they sense. don't last long around here that's a good dog droid <laughs> oh i've got a dog he's trued up a lot of things and we try to keep him where he's not allowed up here he got up here one time and he was like <gasps> so many little plastic things to chew on nope you get back down there <laughs> But, guys, we're going to have to cut the crap because there's a lot of Star Wars book to talk about tonight. It's true. We are talking about Vision of the Future by Timothy Zahn, or as I've got him here in the in the, in the the notes, our boy Timmy Z. Yeah. Timmy Z. <laughs> he wrote what is an absolute doorstopper of a Legends book. Yes. Uh, this is the kind of Legends book that's thick enough, or like you could stick it behind your tires when you need to change the oil, <laughs> and that... That car ain't going anywhere. I've seen them use that. Actually, I was, uh, where was I? I was at the airport. They put it right behind the landing gear to stop the plane. <laughs> On a oh, Boeing? Boy. <laughs> you know, I hear so, that um, the Hoover Dam, whenever it has to have maintenance, oh, yeah. they also just stick a few copies. Well, I had to do, stick it where? Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I had to, I had to Google this today to find out exactly what is the longest Star Wars book ever written. The hardcover of this is 528 pages. The paperback is 694 pages. Uh, yeah. 
If this was a VHS, you know it would have two tapes. Yes. We have two boxes, Rick. <laughs> we have two boxes. Uh, yeah, Braveheart ain't got nothing on this. Yeah, I I had to. So I started reading the book after we read the last book. Uh, and it took me about till yesterday to get about a little bit more than halfway. And I was like, okay, I think I need to do the audio book at three times speed now. <laughs> yeah. Mara Jade, uh, his voice for her, when her teeth are clattering, when they're stuck in the tunnel, that sped up is pure chaos energy. Oh, man. <laughs> the whole book is chaos when it's... it comes to the Quom Ja and... <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. Oh, I love it. What's the what's the president? Gavrazon? Oh, he makes Gav- this, like, brain yeah. noise? He's like... <laughs> well, he's <laughs> like a... Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> oh, Legends a, is great, man. Yes. Uh, there's another weird character that makes a noise in this. Who is it? Well, see that that's not that's the thing is, Rick. That's totally Mark Thompson and the producers, right? right? Sure. You know, he just has fun with it. <laughs> no, but the fact that they actually made a character that's like a donkey as Chancellor, or oh. the fact that we're gonna have little dragon guys that are semi sentient and you know can well they are sentient but can communicate through the force. Yes. Like that's so Legendsy, you know. Yeah. It's very Timothy's on, is what it is. Pterodactyl is, is what I see. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Did you see in, uh, according to the book, the working title of this before it was labeled Vision of the Future was Timmy Z Unchained. <laughs> <laughs> um, because hot this, chocolate. <laughs> yeah, there's a point at the end of the book they all celebrate by drinking hot chocolate, and and they're like, man, I don't know what this stuff is, but it's just really good, y'all. And yeah. Furrow happens in a Legends book. That was the end of the Bantam era. This this was a, a real yes. you know turning point in the Star Wars uh, Legends continuity because of course um, this was the end of an era. This was uh, the end of the Bantam era, the end of the '90s, transitioning into right after this, the license switched from Del Rey, no, from Bantam to Del Rey. Yeah. The authors all notoriously met together at a Chinese restaurant and planned the New Jedi Order. Yeah, and, and it's interesting uh, because this is really the it for Thrawn until canon. Is that right? Well, I mean, we get outbound flight, um, True. which goes okay. back in time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Outbound flight. Um, oh. And Survivor's Quest, the, that duo, now available as part of the Essential Legends collection on a, in a bookstore near you. Um, coming soon to audio, which I'm looking forward to that. We got a great comment here from Skuma in the chat. The, uh, the character we're talking about, Gavrazam. Uh, colloquially known among the fandom as Chancellor Big Bird, mm-hmm. which <laughs> I'm never going to not think of that. That's it. That's so fantastic. good. Fantastic. So this book was published in 1998. As we said, at the end of the era, I joked about the title. It was originally known as The Hand of Thrawn, and then mm. uh, Mr. Zahn was taking so long to write the book, they split it up into two books, which it might should have been a trilogy. <laughs> yeah, Might should have yeah. been. There's no way that's correct. It might should have been. It's southern. Just go with it. <laughs> it's like my favorite southernism. Used to could. Used to could, yeah. You know, when I was a kid, you used to could ride in the back of the car up in the window on road trips. Used to could. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I follow. I follow with that. I use that yeah. legitimately every single day. And, yeah. Freddie, as a lover of art, much like Grand Admiral Thrawn himself, uh, according to legend, and I may not be 100% sure on this, I pulled this out of my brain and stuck it in the notes. So fact check me, please, listeners. I believe this was the last yeah. Star Wars book, uh, the last Star Wars book uh, designed by, with the cover designed by none other than Drew Struzan. Mm-hmm. Freddie, elaborate on, on what we love about Drew Struzan's art here and, and evaluate this yeah. book cover in particular because it's a doozy. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. So let's talk about Drew Struzan first. Drew Struzan. Uh, I don't have his full, his full, uh, Again, I don't know what it's discography or repertoire. His repertoire in I mean, front of me. He's done a ton of movie covers. It's done movie tons posters. of movie covers. Co- yeah, exactly. Tons of movie covers. Uh, all, almost all of the Star Wars books in the '90s, I would say, and they're they're truly unique. I, I would I would almost say that the the books that came out later on, especially during the Clone Wars. I feel like they tried to do the same thing as Drew Struzan. The floating but com- heads, but it was yeah, a ripoff. Yeah. Completely missed the mark because Drew Struzan's art is so classic. 
so so in my opinion i call it like classic hollywood uh yeah. very swashbuckly uh in action right there there's always a a a, fig, a head in 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 the drawing somewhere with somebody right. doing some sort of action some you know like sure. in this case mara jade holding the the lightsaber and then hints of what you're about to read about throughout the art piece that when you look at the cover for the first time uh i don't know who this is Oh, interesting eyes, right? It, very, All very right. unique. It's official. So. We're gonna have to do it, Freddie. We're gonna do a Drew Struzan spectacular here on the <laughs> uh, on the podcast one of these days. Yeah. I, in fact, have reached out to him. I would like to get him on the show. That'd so, be awesome. That would be cool. He is retired from doing art, but is he retired from talking about art? We're gonna find out. Can uh, we get him to do a Legends look back? cover art? okay now you're now you're spitballing <laughs> you're really getting out there now now let's talk about this cover a little bit um there's a lot i love about it and there's a lot that i'm like ah, i love it for different reasons one thrawn's friggin face in the background oh yeah uh staring into yes. the camera look at those red eyes y'all mm, oh yeah, yeah. now here's that. another good one uh, throw, why don't you instead of making me zoom in on this throw, show them the cover rick i believe we've got this in the images yeah that would be smart to do what else is great oh. about this cover, in your opinion, Freddie? What about what about Mara Jade looking like she's ready for the ready for the prom in nineteen eighty eight? Loving the poofy hair for sure. Uh, she's she's a Jedi in this book to me, right? This is her her. In my yeah. opinion, this is like the last. We'll, we'll get to it. I, I, there we I go. Bet shortly, but this is her in her what seems like her Jedi garb almost, right? I, I guess it's it's very it's very action oriented. Uh, holding a lightsaber in the old style of lightsaber, very classic. Oh, two hands. That's right. I feel... And then of course that long pistol that Luke is holding. Very interesting weapon. For... <laughs> this one long pistol. That's a Corrin <laughs> Horn pistol right there. That's a breaker wrench with a handle. <laughs> <laughs> what you got, uh... Rick? What do you think? Uh, I think Mara Jade looks like a leprechaun, um, <laughs> and I am sorry for our Irish friends. Mara's um, appearance has been controversial over the years. In fact, we talked about this with Catherine. Um, she does a Mara cosplay, and uh, we joked about the sleeves. Mara with or without sleeves. Most of the time, she's depicted in a jumpsuit that's sleeveless, even though she's always described as having a holdout blaster under her under her sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so in this, at least she's she's got sleeves, though it's all green head to toe. It's a good thing Corrin Horn didn't see this woman. Because um, <laughs> he, he loves, he loves. You're not human. Well, he did see her on a at like at Skywalker's Academy, right? Oh yeah, but Corin was. Jedi, that's man. next month. That's next okay. month when we do I Jedi. Right. <laughs> we'll yeah, there. when the two of them defeat Exar Kun's ghost. Yeah, that is, that is pretty rad. I love how Mara calls out, and we'll talk more about it. But she calls Luke out for everything he's done that we've always been like, <laughs> "Why are you doing that?" <laughs> yeah, no, she does. Mm-hmm. She's no nonsense, and yet she kind of, she kind of falls for the. All right, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. It's a great cover. I love the red eyes in the background. Love, I don't love. The I don't drama. love uh, Han's perm. Um, that's a bit much. He just got busy hacking for like a week, man. You got to give him a break. Yeah. What I love about <laughs> Han's face in this is, this is the face that I make at my family every single day. Like when I walk through the door at the end of the day. And my kids are like playing pet shop with rocks that they've glued pom poms to. That's that's the face that I make when I come home from work. What's yeah. the face? There it is. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, let's good. get to it. This is a great book. It's a great book. Hefty. Um and let me just say this. I did my best on the summary because this book is five hundred and fifty pages, okay? And I had to put it into like four or five paragraphs. And I had just finished the book, my reread today. So, the Empire is resurgent under... Wait! Uh, time out. Uh, 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 was the warning, Claxon? This is your spoiler alert. Your last warning. If you have not yet read Vision of the Future, we'll see you in six years. Sorry, I was like half Wookiee, half Claxon. I thought it was like Grover little, little, having little a Yodo. Grover. <laughs> I say Yoder. Yoder. Yeah. That's what we call him. That's redneck Yoda. Yoder. <laughs> Where's that uh, Jedi uh, Master Yoder? He around here somewhere. Yeah. Wish I could have, should have come. Well, ba- baby Yoder, he's down frogging. <laughs> All right. 
Roll the tape again. The Empire is resurgent under the leadership of Moff Dizra, former Red Guard Major Tierce, and extra extraordinaire Flynn. Flynn? Yeah, I think autocorrect got me here. (laughs) Flynn. Uh, That's seriously what I thought the first time I heard him. I think I mentioned this last time, but like I was like, Flim, what was that? Because I was listening, and I had to like seriously go back and listen to it again. All right, roll it from the top. (sighs) Take three. The Empire is resurgent under the leadership of Moff Dizra, former Red Guard Major Tierce and actor extraordinaire Flim, pretending to be none other than Grand Admiral Thrawn. They sabotage the New Republic by leaking details of a genocide on Kamas at the hands of the Bothans who were complicit in the Empire's atrocities against their people. Investigating and opposing their conspicuous rise to power is the GOAT of Legends, Admiral Pillion. Popcorn to Rick, you're up next. Cool. Which I will say, Admiral Pelion is the goat. He's pretty, yes. pretty sweet. The only thing standing in their way? Rumors of the supposed Hand of Thrawn. Tyrus remembers the real Thrawn mentioned the Hand of Thrawn as the key to the Emperor's or the Empire's ultimate and total victory. Tyrus has never found any reference to the term in, in any Imperial record. What exactly is it? A superweapon or some piece of vital information? Is it a person? Someone akin to Mara Jade's uh, Hand of the Empire, perhaps? Okay. Freddie, you can go next. All right. Speaking of Mara Jade, she and Luke Skywalker in a search of the Hand of Thrawn on the planet of Niruan. Is that right? Niruan? I say Nirawan, but this Nirawan? is just, this is Tim Timothy's on at his best, yeah. so you just go for it, buddy. Planet of Nirawan, we'll go with that, where they have a whirlwind romance involving caves, tunnels, and little telepathic pterodactyl dragons, mm-hmm. some lightsaber throwing tutorials, and of course some battle droids. Uh, thinking that they were doomed to perish in a near drowning incident, Luke asked Mara to marry him. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that seems like a perfect cringe. time. Yeah, absolute cringe. <laughs> Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. The linchpins to undoing this whole fiasco. Number one, you got to find the MacGuffins. Okay, MacGuffin number one, um, the Hand of Thrawn. What is it? We got to find it. Number two, the Kamas document. There's evidence containing the names of the Bothan conspirators so that the appropriate individuals can be punished. And uh, they can set the record straight. There are two copies in existence. They think one in the hands of the Imperials, and the other belongs to MacGuffin number three. George Cardos. Yeah, George with a J, y'all. George Cardos. That way you know it's spacey. Uh, He's an enigmatic crime lord who used to mentor Talon Card. Card, Lando, Lobbit, as the... uh, The audiobook narrator says here. Instead of Lobot. Lobbit. (laughs) Calls him a Lobbit. (laughs) Uh, and the gang, they seek uh, him out in order to secure a copy. Can you imagine a Lobbit riding a Ranker? <laughs> I need a Lobbit fan, art. <laughs> fan art of that. Yeah. Yep. Skuma, yeah, you're on that one. All right. We need Lobbit riding a Ranker. Um, All right. Um, question. But, yes, sir. Sorry. Uh, we're really Southern tonight, aren't we? Um, <laughs> we got Lobbit. We got Yoder. <laughs> um, oh. George Cardas. Yeah, that Star Warsy name of George. But like, <laughs> seriously, is this like a really not subtle reference to George Lucas? You know, this mentor, does uh, Zahn see himself Lord. as Talon Card? And yeah, and Cardas is, is George Lucas, you know? Like, is this me thinking about this for the first time? I've never you thought of it. should make the same face as uh, ha- uh, Han. Han. Yeah. Han. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're making me make one of these. Uh, so, uh, we gotta finish this summary or whenever we're gonna yeah, get yeah, into yeah. it. True. Um, they go to Cardos, but Card has bad blood with Cardos from the past. Yeah. And, uh, he's also kind of terrifying. Even the huts are scared of this guy. Mm. So, moving on. Wrapping it all up, way more succinctly than our boy Timmy Z, Luke and Mara find all sorts of juicy deets in the Hand of Thrawn facility, an Imperial Chiss outpost for defending the galaxy from threats in the unknown regions, and it's in the shape of a hand. You get mm. it? Hand of Thrawn? Mm-hmm. But the, the whole, real like, hand of... Range. 
the real hand of Thrawn was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> um, there was actually something else. Uh, anyway, not only that, but they found a lifeless Thrawn clone in a Sparty cylinder. And what do you know? A perfect copy of the Kamas document that R2 accidentally downloaded from the mainframe. They get out of there, newly betrothed, just like Freddy C, and uh, they save the New Republic. <laughs> uh, was the Thrawn clone, like, wasn't it alive, though? Nah, I thought it was lifeless. I thought it was dead. Like it, I, I thought it was... Crack, I mean, no, 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 they kill it. The tube and drown yeah, it. they totally kill it, but I'm pretty sure it's, like, growing, like... Because that was like the whole plot point was like 30 years. If I disappear, it's going to automatically start that. Like it'll start that uh, growth sequence. I'm be honest with you, Rick. I flew through the ending. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, was, they, it was very much alive. They killed that clone. Are you telling me they aborted that Thrawn? Ooh, they sure did. That's, they sure uh, did. That's a Luke's tough got one. Some, Luke's yep. got some war crimes to answer for, man. Yep. <laughs> I mean... So same with Yoder. You got to look at that guy when he's All right, so you're, you're telling me that the two of them strolled up on Baby Thrawn, slamming the naked in his in his party cylinder, and mm. they're like, "What do you think we should do with it? Probably kill it, right?" I think it was like an accident or something. Like I forget what happened. Like there was like a, a battle. No, like like the battle droids or some some Sentinel droids were there. Right, right. And the they ended droids. up. They ended up like it. They flooded the a, facility. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a, a a casualty of that skirmish. It wasn't like intentional. Like, oh. let's jab our saber through it. Like, <laughs> it wasn't like that. Before it was can... intentional. Yeah. Oops. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty messed up, y'all. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I'm gonna say I really struggled through this reread more than just about any Legends book I've ever read. I really struggled to get through this. It was very long and a lot of politics. Oh As man, usual. Zahn really took a roundabout way to get there, but the third act. Yeah. And by third, I mean like 13th, because this is one long book. Um, really sealed the deal for me in the end. Um, yeah. I'm going to put it as great on the, on the close side to good, but I'm going to go ahead and put it over the line at great. What, what about y'all? What's your rating? Yeah. Here's the thing about this book. It, it is very detailed, right? It is, it is not going to miss over any possible chance of what a human would actually do in that situation. And, and Timothy Zahn is going to write about it in detail and you're going to see it in your head and you're, you're, it's going to be understand. You're going to understand it, right? So I, I love this. I love how long this book is, but oh my goodness, you are definitely, you're in for a read. After you read half of this book, you've already read one normal Star Wars book. Uh, <laughs> and you've you still... read a bit of this book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, it's... This is hard because I, I think it's great. I think it's great, but... I Oh, there's a lot of detail. You have to stick around and you have to be very aware of what's happening. Everything's being interwoven. That's the thing, right? It's very... It's very Zahn. Uh, Timothy Zahn. This, this is Zahn. everything he had wished he had had, probably in terms of resources, for his previous books. This is this is his almost his. Yeah, I'm I'm not even sure how to describe it, but I love it. It's good. I, I this is a great book. This is definitely on my okay. list of must reads. So we're both on great but tedious. What about you, yes. Rick? Yeah. <clears throat> so this is my first time reading this book uh, in this series, and so I had a very different perspective. Because all of this was was fresh, new, and exciting, and starting a uh, Spectre of the Past, like I didn't know if Thrawn was actually back. You know, we talked about that at the last roundtable, uh, and so this has been exciting. And so this this book, I I read through it pretty quickly. Again, I use the audiobook; that's what I have to do. Um, but it it went pretty quickly. I really enjoyed the whole thing. And as you guys have mentioned, the 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 thick interconnecting plot points. Um, the politics, but the action. Uh, my only criticism, I think, is that the romance between um, Luke and Mara felt a little, little rushed or a little forced. Um, but I think that's because I'm missing some of the other stories that they're in. Because um, I, I just reread like uh, the Thrawn trilogy, or the yeah. Empire trilogy, and then went straight to this. So I felt like there's that not was a lot a, between the two of them. And <laughs> there's not. There's okay. not. There's I thought maybe like one or two, but uh, anyway. Luke has a lot of other girlfriends. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> and they mentioned that, you know, that comes up. But anyway, so I would rank 
I would say it's somewhere between Incredible and Masterpiece for me. It's really, ah. really good. And I was with you on my first read as well. I thought it was right on that scene between uh, absolutely S tier and definitely the top of A tier. This time around, yeah. I found it a little more tedious, but uh, I'm a boring, crusty adult. And <laughs> when I read it 10 years ago, I was, I was, oh, it was fresh. And in fact, my wife read part of this book to me aloud as we were on our way en route to a friend's wedding in Florida. And we started this, we started Spectre, and she had finished I Jedi reading those for me, and she's never once picked up a Star Wars book since. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I blame I Jedi more than this one. I do. Uh, speaking of that relationship between Luke and Mara, let's talk about that. This is, you know, widely regarded as one of the pillars of Luke and Mara's relationship. Yes. Obviously, it's a book where they, they they already had a budding romance, but here's where they fall in love. It's say, I love you for the first time. It's their safe word. And um, as as he's coming, she's coming out of the coma, like a Jedi coma. That was awkward. What is it? it that, what is it that people love about Luke and Mara's relationship? Hmm. All right, I got an answer. It's it's kind of a joke, but also I think kind of serious. Okay. Um. <clears throat> after experiencing a new hope, and seeing I you Luke, about to say after experiencing love for myself, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, heavyweights. Never mind. I want to go there. Um. <laughs> uh. Train of thought's gone. Um, yeah. After okay. experiencing a new hope, a new hope. Give, give yourself and, the one here. Let's hear you uh, right, monologue right. it for us, Rick. <clears throat> So, the reason why I think uh, Mar- Luke and Mara's relationship is so lovable is because after watching A New Hope and seeing Luke kiss his sister, we're just ready for him <laughs> to find true romance with any <laughs> any eligible non-family member. That's what I think. That so. is going on the gram, Rick. <laughs> that <laughs> clip right there, that's the one. Oh, that's after we watch him kiss his sister, we feel so bad for him. We're like, please, just somebody, anybody, no matter who, face. someone he's not related to. <laughs> How about this? Someone who's not an ancient Jedi who inhabited the soul, the body of his student, which yeah. is extremely morally dubious. That, which is what happened in the, it was the nineties. Uh, no. <laughs> Which is what happened in Children of the Jedi. And I met Barbara Hambly, and she came to Legends Con in full Jedi cosplay. Awesome. Which was dope. That's great. Absolutely dope. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't get an interview, but she was only there for a day. Freddie, why do people love Luke and Mara? What is it? There's something. Uh, what What is it about Luke and Mara? Uh... I don't feel like Mara is helpless. Now, she does not have the same force abilities as Luke, and there's definitely a lot of Luke. I think what this book does really well is showing how advanced Luke's powers have become versus the normal Jedi, how far Luke has gone, and almost how effortless it is for him to be that good with the force. But also seeing someone else's point of view of their force abilities and having just that restriction... Uh, and and Luke really trying his hardest to do, I think, his best to allow Mara to grow and to really put her to the test without him doing too much and and really trust trusting in her her abilities. Right. So you see a lot of things with Luke here. He he really cares about her development. He cares about uh Man, he would do anything to to you know make sure that he heals her. Of course, puts her in trances, and of course he wants he he would almost wish that she would not do any of this dangerous stuff, right? He he wants her safe and sound, but he also understands that Mara has to do what Mara has to do, and that's wherever the Force takes her. And uh, yeah, it was awesome to see see them work through all of the individual struggles that they had to get through in order to get into this this facility and. Uh, yeah, either relationship grow, and of course, you know that that waking quote at the very end—it's so cheesy, but you gotta love it. <laughs> oh yeah, I did not love it, but I liked a lot about the rest of their relationship. I think you were right that they had to they had to struggle through letting each one be the hero and take risks. Um, 
and and honor that instead of like try to overcompensate for the other one or 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 shelter the other one. I, became I partners. That, yeah, I think that true partners in this. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Luke needed a foil. He needed somebody to hold him accountable. Luke's the Grand Master of the Jedi, and she, she is that. not impressed. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, she's she's way out of his league, you know? And so, <laughs> like, I, I keep picturing Luke as, but I was going to go to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters! Like, and, and then all of a sudden, Mara Jade, like, what? Engaged? Like, I don't know. I feel like there's some steps missing, but I love Mara Jade as, as a character. Uh, and obviously, like, where the relationship goes and what I know about that's great. But I wanted a little bit more of actual romance. Um, it's almost like not Stockholm Syndrome, but what's it called? And like, where you have like a near death experience and you fall in love oh. with people you you're with. That's right. almost what it feels like. Like, huh? I think the foundation of their relationship was planted back in the Thrawn trilogy. Yeah, and the fact that she was she wanted to kill him. Yeah, and he applies what he does in Return of the Jedi, which is. He would rather redeem you than fight you. Mm. And she's like, but well, let's fight. And he's, no, I actually would love to get to know you. <laughs> <laughs> that is what works. And, of course, the fact that she's cold and emotionless. And yeah. he, as she says at the end, actually kind of explains it, over explains it, mm. why it makes sense at the very end, which mm. is that he always wears his heart on his sleeve for the whole world to see at yeah. all times. So he's yeah. over emotional. She's under emotional. They balance each other out. But Luke always doubts himself. He's always thinking, am I doing the right thing? Is this right? Should I do this? Should I do that? And Mara just says, just do it. She's a woman yeah. of action. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. And she makes an absolutely fantastic Jedi mentor in the new Jedi Order hmm. and the Legacy of the Force. So I'm looking yes. forward to seeing yes. Can't yes. Wait. her character growth. But I think, here's my theory, Rick. Timothy Zahn set up an absolute perfect p- character pairing with Luke and Mara in the Thrawn trilogy. Them fighting through the woods on Mirker and then on Wayland in The Last Command, it is a perfect uh, character pairing. Then they spend the rest of the 90s pairing Luke with every random woman in the galaxy. And ships. Callista, (laughs) which is a debacle. Other ones, I'm sure I'm forgetting someone. Governor of a planet. Sure. Now that, she's actually a Quite likable character. Yes. But it doesn't work out. Luke gets his heart broken. Um, this time around, it's like Timothy Wazan was saying, okay, I'm going to do what I wanted to do with this. And I've got one book to do it. And he stretched it to two books. That's, <laughs> I do think your criticism is valid, Rick. Yeah. It probably could have been three. Mm-hmm. Yes. Could have been a trilogy. <clears throat> um, hey, guys, idea. Valentine's Day. I've never read the Union comic. Of ah. Luke and Mara's wedding, hmm. in coming coming up on Valentine's Day. Yeah. That could be fun. All right, let's do it. It's a good idea. Yeah, tell your tell your uh, significant others. Sorry, I've got plans on Valentine's Day. <laughs> I'm reading a Star Wars comic on the podcast. Nice. Invite them. Invite them along. <gasps> oh, hey, they could do this show instead of us. You know, my wife's wanted to do that as a joke once, like for the cold open, like. Have all of our others take <laughs> take our spots in the show and just kick us out. I do, I do not Go think. In a, I don't think in a million years my wife would do it. <laughs> we can we can replace think, her with a puppet or something. It'll be fine. I don't think there's <laughs> any amount of money you could pay her. That's so funny. <laughs> no shot, dude. Uh, all right. Well, uh, the Luke and Mara uh, plot is heartwarming, though perhaps perhaps there's some plot holes here. Another point in the book that I think there might be some plot holes is that of the Imperials' plan. The Imperial mm. usurpers. Uh, Disra, Tierce, and Flim. Flynn? Flim? Flim? Flim Flam. Flim Flam. Flim Flam. Uh, their plan, it's got some strong points, though I think <laughs> it's got some It's got some pretty big flaws. Okay. Yeah. Um, one, the thing that makes sense to me. Sowing dissent in the New Republic. Finding a flashpoint and sparking it, igniting it, burying the evidence so that the New Republic cannot clear up this controversy. Pitting their own people against them. Yes. However, what doesn't make a ton of sense to me, I'm interested in what you think about this, is the fact that they put an actor in Thrawn makeup and hope that nobody would find out. That was... 
in my opinion, that's the weakest part of this whole thing. I think in terms of, of the political strategy, you had that with, with Disra, right? You had the military strategy with Tears, Major Tears. Uh, and of course you had the, the, the bogeyman, right? The bogeyman who is Thrawn, but what are you going to do over time? What's the strat? What's the long game here? Right. I don't feel like there was a long game and, and yeah. Uh, this was kind of must- mustache twirly. <laughs> I mean, aren't, let's, but aren't we glad it wasn't somehow Thrawn returned, you know, like I'm glad we got a little bit of something and what? I, it's it's very strategic, right? A very strategic yeah. way to say, hey, because easily he could have brought in another clone right yeah. off the bat, made it yeah. go. But this was this is actually a really cool it's, little it's way, risky. little twist. Yeah, yeah. it's very risky. <laughs> and, go ahead. Well, I I was thinking like I I didn't I went back and forth because I, I expected it to be a clone, uh, and so that was I mean it's pretty early in the first book that it you know it's revealed, but um. I was like, huh. At first, I was just disappointed, but then throughout the whole story, you know, it is destined to fail, and it did, you know. But um, I could see the the path forward. These are these are guys who are trying to like rise above their station, trying to get mm-hmm. power. It's a power grab, and they have no direct authority, no direct path to that. I mean, uh, yeah. this was a moth, but just barely, and he's already in hot water, and so this is like just an attempt to gain power and. The higher ranking a person becomes, the the more privacy and secrecy and less um, less access people have to them. And so I could see a path where it worked if Thrawn had some illness or something. I don't know something that kept him even more secluded from other people. Yeah, it worked. you know one thing. One thing is they they <laughs> what an interesting way to go about it to to. Hire a con man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and they he did a pretty good job. He did. He did. Yeah. Somewhere somewhere in the very beginning of the book, I forget who said it, if it was Major Tears or Disra, but they it was almost foreshadowing when they said when when there's a trio at the top of a power structure, uh, it's almost destined to fail. Mm-hmm. Tell okay, that and, and you, to the triune lord, okay? Mm-hmm. That was the fourth MacGuffin. Was who's going to turn on whom, right? Who has the oh. power? When when Flimflam tried to usurp Tears's thing, right? It was just like, hey, don't step in my territory. When Disra, same thing with you know, Disra felt like, hey, I need control of this situation. This was my idea. Yeah. Uh, and and you could just see like the distrust sowing. So eventually, it's right. just a matter of time until one of those three fails, and of course. I think it would have been Tears, right? He would have offed the other two. That is a and good then, point. I hadn't thought yeah. about that from the, the, the political standpoint, like a real world politics, which you know, Timothy loves. Oh, he yeah. loves it. Um, that, the Mussolini and Hitler and Stalin. I, you know, I oh. hadn't thought about that that triumvirate. All everything that Zahn talked about in this book with with disruption of government is what you see in real life, right? Disinformation. Uh, uh, seeding of of hate within small communities to create like a bubbling effect all over. Yeah, a flashpoint. Uh, propaganda, right? Good propaganda or good propaganda. Uh, <laughs> propaganda from the New Republic versus propaganda from uh, from the Imperials, and and it, it's it's very realistic, right? It's very realistic how they try to frame some folks and try to right. pin it on other things. And it's the bringing political up, thing was yeah. a little, Ugh. it was a little bit tedious though. I did yeah. find it very well crafted. Yes. Now I thought that the one piece of that that fell apart for me was this kind of idealistic, almost naive. And maybe it's just cause we live in the 2020s now. <laughs> and this was written in the nineties. The difference of, it was clear from the very beginning in this, the truth would set them free. There was this belief that all they needed was the actual evidence. If they could just find the Kamas document, then that would solve mm-hmm. all the problems. And I don't think that we've seen that in uh, recent events. Like, just because we find the evidence or the truth, people are yeah. like, well, I, that's well, not my truth. That, I, that's you, fake news. Yeah, if you heard, uh, who was it, Chancellor Big Bird, Big Bird said it himself, right, with, 
with the uh what was it it was uh even if we did find the document would it matter right at that point it, it, it's just an sure. excuse yeah for all the yeah, stuff well that's said. going on so yeah um might have lost you for a second oh that's oh. it <laughs> yeah, i think we had a, a little internet glitch there but um does the plan make sense there were two there were two twists with that that for me really saved that plot. One, Thrawn's an actor. Holy smokes, he yeah. actually has a clone. <laughs> and then you're like, wait a second, what if there what if Thrawn really is still alive? Would you spend the whole duology thinking, oh, this is ridiculous, they've got this con man, mm. and at the end you find out, no, Thrawn actually did have contingency plans. That's the crazy part. When you get to it, you're like, oh my gosh. Here I was thinking everybody was stupid for thinking it, but it did exist. It, it, it was me. I have was been a stupid. threat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Hi. No. I, I was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <was> stupid. <laughs> and Rick's just a bystander laughing at us. <laughs> the other plot twist that I thought really saved that plot point was Tierce was a clone. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Major Tears was, Tierce so was really a clone. A yeah, twist. explain it, Rick. What's the twist? I- explain Tears. Um, yeah. So again, going back to the whole power grabbing and trying to get authority at the very end of the book, pretty much it it becomes apparent that uh, you know Major Tears was like an Imperial Guard, right? Somewhere, um, super highly trained special ops kind of role, but he actually is a clone, and so he's got no real experience no real like rank he just kind of assumed uh the life of who he was cloned after and so he he doesn't know who he is it's a big identity um question and so he's grabbing a power to prove that he is worthy of the identity that he's taken on yeah he was the 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 mastermind of the operation on the military side of things Mm -hmm. so he was able to come up with all the battle strategies outsmarting the New Republic, outsmarting the other Imperials. And it turns out he was imbued with some of Thrawn's intelligence. Oh, yeah, that's in, right. In that's his, right. In his yeah. DNA. And so he reveals, I've been doing all this strategizing because I have Thrawn brain. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's right. You don't have Thrawn brain. I have Thrawn brain. And he, it even came down to that at the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. It's like, you've got the Thrawn voice, but I've got the 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 smarts for it. And I thought, oh, that's that's really interesting. There's three cloning plots in this book. One, Thrawn himself had Sparty cylinders. He's cloned himself. But that didn't ever come to fruition. It's kind of a red herring, too. Uh, Baron fell. We've not talked about that. There's clones of the best Imperial fighter pilot in the galaxy out there. Mm-hmm. Turncoat. Right, right. Yeah, reverse, rebel. reverse turncoat, I think. Yeah. yeah a, a rebel turn. He was in Rogue Squadron. Imperial. Yeah. Right. Well, like Imperial turn rebel turn Imperial again. Uh, I think yeah. I'm going to be honest. I've always struggled with the deal with Baron Fell. I think it's more from the comics than the books. So I need yeah. to refresh on the comics. Uh, and then so, go ahead. Yeah. All these thrown, all these thrones, all these <laughs> clones, Thrawn clones makes thrones. Wow. Well, um, <laughs> and then Tears. Tears is the third clone. Those are the three cloning yeah. plots. And the yeah. question is, which of those cloning plots was most interesting to you? And I was going to make the, the Spider-Man meme joke. <laughs> there <laughs> Spider-Man meme joke. You're Thrawn. I'm Thrawn. No. Yeah. Best clone. I'm the best clone. You're the best clone. There's uh, a lot of talk of clones in this, for sure. It, uh, so a bunch of cloning. Well, well, the working it, title was Attack of the Clones, <laughs> with, with, an, with an extra O. Clones. clones. The clones. Clones. It's interesting, right? Because you've got you've got some clones that are just like I want peace, right? I don't want to be this mm-hmm. imperial agent or whatever i want to just farm i feel like that's what i remember i feel like that was a month ago when i got to the middle part of the book yeah that was in season one <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then you had clones that were uh what what is it vengeful i guess vengeful uh with no clear purpose other than venge- vengeance oh. I-, I would say and then you had uh an unknown clone of of the most uh, feared person in the world. Like we to- we totally dodged a bullet there. It, it <laughs> mm. That could have been really bad. Like they were clearly sent there to destroy that clone. <laughs> yep. 
So, very interesting. Which of those clone plots was most interesting to you, Rick? Man, um, Thiers, uh, Tears, 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 Tears was the, the biggest plot twist that I didn't yes. see. I hadn't considered, Jared, what you mentioned about Thrawn, like, what if there actually is a Thrawn clone that enters the story later? So that kind of got me thinking just tonight, but, uh, Tears was the one that I was, I think, was like a whoa moment because I just didn't see it coming. Yeah, that was um, big. Probably should have picked up on it, I guess, but it was, it was good. Do you think, Rick, you've not read, and Freddie, I think your, your knowledge of the EU past this point is kind of limited, right? Um, yeah, after this point, we get into, uh, a lot of the newer stuff that I just ha- had not gotten to. All right, so let me ask they didn't you have this. nice covers. I'll, I'll ask Drew, you this a blank. <laughs> they didn't have Drew's and covers. I'll ask you with a blank slate. Um, they've hinted here that Thrawn had a cloning contingency plan. Hmm. Yeah. What do you think the chances are? And how would you like to see the plot developed concerning Thrawn's future in the EU, in Legends? Okay. Hmm. So, for Thrawn... If I were Thrawn, say, so this, this military's genius, who knows he's a genius, right? So he's definitely full of himself in that point, uh, wants to continue his legacy as far as he can. I would assume that he has more facilities, not just one facility, but also, uh, I'm not sure how I, they, they've been able to transfer conscious. I don't know how they would go through yeah. that, but wouldn't surprise you, in other words, to see some more Thrawn. No, the, ha, Thrawn having just one facility with a clone. See, uh, how many did the, the Emperor have? He had hundreds of clones. I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure Thrawn the, those, would have those slimy, those slimy bodies were slimy everywhere. And I'm sure there's there is <laughs> flat surfaced Thrawns, right? Uh, with you know flat parts. Out there, more than <laughs> the one of them. Parts. <laughs> smooth parts. Smooth parts. <laughs> That's the word. I was like, where are you going with this, Freddy? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't surprise you. Okay, Rick, what about you? Um, okay, so practically speaking, I know that we don't have too much. Do we have any Zon after this? Chronologically? I'm not, I'm not going to say. Okay. Um, maybe there is. So I feel like, practically speaking, it's unlikely. So I don't want to get my hopes up. But I'd at least like to see more Chiss. Um... More Thrawn, maybe if it's done well, we'll see. I'll say this: there, there is um, the in- Imperial Remnant, the Hand of Thrawn contingent out there, factors into yes. the upcoming series very heavily. Okay, in New mm-hmm. Jedi Order and beyond, that cool. group, that contingent group out there, they do come into galactic affairs in a big way. Cool. Yeah. So that's all I'll I say know. There. They've, yeah, because that's that was, where the. Well, yeah, I don't want to. It was foreshadowed pretty heavily at the end there that we don't know what's out there. That there's like that was their whole point was oh. we're preparing for for we're preparing you know. for um conflicts beyond just our petty intergalactic or intergalactic um right. issues. And one's yeah. about to come. They don't yeah. even know it yet. And I felt like he put that there as an asterisk because he had not yet heard from editorial what they were going to do next, other than yeah. they knew it was going to be from over there. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. That's good. It's all it needs. Teases it out and gives it yeah. a purpose and connective tissue. I love it. It does. It does work out. Well, guys, we're going to wrap it up. This is one heck of a book. Absolute doorstopper of a Legends book. If you've not had a chance <laughs> to check it out yet, please would encourage you to do so. You can get that uh, that link, sweet link. We can get that 4% revenue over there at utini.com. You go over, over to the site, type in uh, Vision of the Future, Hand of Thrawn, that sort of thing. Click that Amazon link in the profile. Get your own copy. And we get to keep the lights on. But guys, before we wrap it up, any final thoughts on the Hand of Thrawn duology, Spectre of the Past, and Vision of the Future? Favorite part of the book? Something you would like to see more of? Character that deserves a, a shout-out here before we close out the show? Yeah, I'll... Um, I was really intrigued by one of these questions you have here about the real hero of the book. So I'll give a shout out to to, to Pelion, man. Um, because he he chooses to do the right thing over the easy thing, which the easy thing would be to go down fighting and swinging and to just go down with the ship kind of kind of thing, but instead he says, "You know what? We're going to we're going to live to fight another day and let the empire exist hopefully 
and find a, a truce, find a way forward. And I think that it was a really good strategy and kind of introduces some gray into it's supposed to be a, a, a bad guy. And so uh, I like that. Yeah, Pelion gonna... makes a great hero to root for. Yeah. Could give when a plus he... one to that, too, by the way. It's, when that's he a good shows one. up and upstages him and he's like, or should I say, Flynn? It's, <laughs> it's Flim Flam. Yeah, I'm never going to get that right. Flim Flam Flan. It's fantastic. <laughs> Child of Winds is the absolute keystone of this book. Without Child of Winds, nothing would happen with Mara and Luke. They would have died. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think I liked him better reading the book physically yes. yeah, than listening totally. to the audio book. That's, that's because it yeah. kind of come across like this in the audio book. Okay, bye everybody! <laughs> that's a lot to deal with. I don't even have a name! <laughs> I'm not a real boy! Okay. <laughs> yeah, or, or should I call him Child of Winds or Friend of the Jedi? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Hey, we need to, like one of those Drew Struzan-esque covers. With just Child of Wind's floating head, called <laughs> uh, called uh, Friend of the Jedi, that would be great. I love you that. You got a friend in me. You got a yeah. Somebody get on that. Um, I'll give a shout out here before we close it out to George Cardas. Yes. Very interesting kind of hinge plot point in the story. I love it. Uh, why are we always trying to go back to Dagobah? Right. <laughs> I love that we go back to Dagobah here and we find out that Cardas was a part of that and. Yoder. Secretly, secretly trained. <laughs> <laughs> uh, secretly trained as a, in the force by Yoda on Dagobah. That's some legendsy legend stuff yeah. right there. <laughs> and you got to know that George Cardas has a a big old cigar. Like I just pictured the guy with. Uh... <laughs> well, he's got multiple mouths smoking multiple cigars. He sounds like the Godfather. Sounds like a good Godfather. Yeah, he really yeah. does. He really does. That's right. Yoda made me an alpha. I can't refuse. <gasps> well, <laughs> that will do it for this week. Thanks for joining us for Legends Look Back. Thanks to our incredible patrons for your support. Special thank you to Brian Dooley, Earl Q, Carl Sanders, Zach W., Michael Fry, and Raymond Bazinski on our Jedi High Council. James T., Ashley Ingalls, Colton Fife, Chris Carrizo, Sally, and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. Remember to sub to the channel. Uh, leave us a review in your podcast platform of choice. If you're watching on YouTube, hit one of those like buttons. You can hit the bell. You can hit the subscribe. You can hit them all at once. You can try. Uh, we'll take whatever you can throw our way. It helps other folks to find the show just like you have. If you want your thoughts right on the show, you can find our contact information in the description. We're also on uh, X at Legends Look Back. You can, of course, if you will, if you can, if you'd like to, we'd like for you to. Keep the Utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. May the force be with you. This is a Utini broadcast. <laughs>